I think that the two things that can propel your career faster than anything is to join a critique group and to go to a conference. I think that you can learn so much from both of those. Conferences, you can find all kinds of workshops on different aspects that, you know, that will help you learn how to write in whatever genre, like you say, you've chosen. And then critique partners can help you polish your work. We'll talk about this and much more today. Welcome to a Writer's Day podcast. Hello and welcome to a Writer's Day podcast. I'm so glad you're here today. My name is Ruth Douthit and I am an award-winning author of books for middle grade readers. And currently I have available a romantic comedy out today called The Fine Art of Love. And if you go to my website at artbyruth.com, you can sign up for my newsletter and receive a free PDF copy of my book, The Fine Art of Love. My newest book, Dragon Writers, is coming out this fall. And I will also be illustrating this book as I've done the other books as well. Why did I start this podcast? Well, I want to encourage writers out there, whether they're brand new or published authors, we all could use some encouragement. So welcome. You're in for a treat today because I have Tracy Crump with me. And she is an author, editor, and speaker who wrote a very good book called Health, Healing, and Wholeness. Devotions of Hope in the Midst of Illness. It came out last year, but I wanted to have her on my podcast today to talk more about it. I think you're going to be blessed by listening to Tracy and her story. Ravel Publishing, a division of Baker Publishing Group. Ravel publishes works in a broad range of categories, including fiction, Christian living, self-help, marriage, family, biography, and inspiration. They reach readers around the world with resources that offer help, encouragement, entertainment, and inspiration. So check out Ravel, a division of Baker Publishing Group, today. Her new book, Health, Healing, and Wholeness, Devotions of Hope in the Midst of Illness, dispenses hope to her readers. Tracy Crump's writing has appeared in diverse publications including Woman's World, Focus on the Family, Upper Room, and Guidepost Books. Best known for publishing 22 stories in Chicken Soup for the Soul books, she actually started a course on how to write stories to get published in Chicken Soup for the Soul. And I'm so glad she's here today to talk about her book, Health, Healing, and Wholeness to talk about herself and to encourage my listeners today. So, you know the drill. Grab your favorite beverage, a comfortable chair, kick back and relax as we listen to Tracy Crump talk about her new book. Hello everyone and welcome to my podcast. I'm thrilled to have you here today. I know you have a choice as to which podcasts to listen to, so I'm honored that you have taken time out of your day to join me because I have a special guest with me today, Tracy Crump, who has written a beautiful book called Health, 
healing, and wholeness. So welcome, Tracy. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here with you, Ruth. Absolutely. And I'm glad that we were able to connect. And I'm thrilled because I want to start having more nonfiction authors. And you are, I think, my second one that I've had on my podcast. So I'm just honored that you were able to join me. So why don't we begin? Why don't you tell my listeners a little bit about yourself and your journey as a writer? Well, I guess I better warn you from the get-go, Ruth, that I never wanted to be a writer. (laughs) I uh, basically grew up at the hospital where my dad was the medical photographer for 29 years. And so I, I visited his lab there and heard the doctors talking. So I knew from the age of 10 that I wanted to be a nurse. I, and so I went to nursing school and I worked in ICU for five years. And then God fulfilled the desire of my heart. I say he, he was, was really gracious to go along with my plans for a while. And that's when um, he allowed me to be a stay-at-home mom. When we had our first son, I stayed home with him. We had a second son. We eventually homeschooled, though, which was not in my plans. Um, That's where he kind of threw a wrench in the works there. But it was just like anything God ordains. It was it was a blessing to us as a family. So we homeschooled, went along. Both the boys graduated. And then it was after they graduated that God started pulling me toward writing. As I say, I really didn't even enjoy writing in school, so it wasn't something I ever planned to do, um, but <clears throat> I did. I, I actually went to a conference, didn't know anything about writing. I was just as green as could be, and uh, I met a couple of magazine editors there, and they were interested in what I had to say, and so within about six months, I had two articles published in national magazines. And they actually paid me. I thought, oh, this is pretty cool. (laughs) So um, anyway, it kind of just went on from there. And um, I joined a writer's group um, that uh, I thought I thought I was joining a critique group. But I found out, you know, there's a lot more to it than that. Uh, And there the director of the group, she emailed me uh, one time. She was also a nurse and, and was working as a nurse. And she said, you know, Chicken Soup for the Soul is doing a book on the, for the nurse's soul. She said, why don't you try submitting something? And I thought, they're not going to publish anything I write, you know. And so I just de- let the deadline pass. And she emailed again, said, Chicken Soup for the Soul has extended the deadline for the nurse's soul book. So why don't you try submitting something? I thought, oh, my goodness, it was so long ago and can't really think of anything. And then I thought of one story and then another. And I eventually submitted five stories to that book, and they chose two to publish. So I have since um, total published or contributed 22 stories to Chicken Soup. That's amazing. Yeah, it just kind of started a string of submissions. And actually, now we do um, workshops on writing for Chicken Soup the Soul. So it just kind of evolved into a whole bunch of things. Hmm. But For a long time, I just wrote short pieces, and I was happy doing that. I uh, wrote or published devotionals and the short stories and a lot of articles. And I just, I probably would have gone on like that until I um, was at a conference, and I was actually on faculty there and talked to an agent. 
And I had had kind of a couple of ideas for some novels. And I sat down and talked to him about it, just kind of threw them out. And he said, well, that's fine. But he said, you know, he said, nonfiction really sells better than fiction. He said, you've published so many devotions. He said, why don't you try writing a devotional book? And I thought, well, I could do that. You know, that would still satisfy my enjoyment of writing short pieces because, you know, I can write one devotion at a time. And I did. And and I just kind of went back to my nursing roots when I started thinking about what what do I want to write about? What should my theme be? And I just kind of went back to those those nursing days. I, when I saw, of course, I saw a lot of sad things. Work in ICU, that you're mm-hmm. going to see some sad situations, mm-hmm. and you're not going to save every patient. But I also saw some some evidence that God was at work there. Mm-hmm. He, um, I, I would say that I saw some miraculous recoveries, patients that doctors said would never walk or talk again, things like that, and so. Um, that was what I wanted to write about. I wanted to bring hope to people who are facing illness, facing, I mean, it's, it's a variety of stories, a variety of illnesses and, and, and accidents, a lot of situations so that a lot of people can relate to it. So we have, you know, we have stories about just maybe one story about cancer, but we have some accidents. We have just a whole variety of things, uh, dementia and things like that. So I wanted to bring hope to those who might feel like they're facing a hopeless situation. And so that's, that's my book, health, healing, and wholeness devotions of hope in the midst of illness. And uh, I've got kind of a story about the launch about that. If you'd like to hear that. Yes, please. Okay. Well um, it took, you know how nothing works fast in the publishing industry. Mm -hmm. So that agent that I talked to actually became my agent and he was shopping the book around, but it took a while. And so finally, he found a, a publisher who was interested. And I signed the contract in February of 2020. Of course, what happened in March of that year, mm-hmm. everything shut down. And I kind of had a little conversation with God at the time. I said, you know, health, healing and wholeness pandemic, wouldn't this be the best time for this book to release? <laughs> but that was not his plan. So I knew he had a better plan. And uh, I, I wasn't even finished with the book at the time when I signed the contract. So I finished writing the book, got it submitted. And I thought, well, maybe it'll be out by Christmas. That would be a good, good time to release a book. Well, no, it, uh, it because of uh, catalogs and all this, these things that I really don't understand, it was not going to come out until the next June. So I said, okay, Lord, you've, I trust you. You've got, you've got it all under control. Well, we were rocking along and um, my mother-in-law, who was 96, um, had moved in with us and she'd been with us for four years. She was 96 when she moved in with us. Wow. So in April of last year of 2021, she turned 100. Wow. Now, she had been in pretty good health. She was on a walker, but her mind was good and she was doing well. We were not able to give her the big, huge hundred day, hundredth birthday party that we I always imagined, but she was happy. Um, she, I heard her tell somebody on the phone. She said, "I've been celebrating my birthday all month long," so I knew <laughs> she was happy. Well, twelve days after her birthday, she had a heart attack. Mm. 
She survived, but she grew weaker and weaker. And just a week later, we knew we had to put her on hospice. I, I honestly did not think she would last another week after that. She lived for three and a half more months. Wow. But they were three and a half months of very intense caregiving. Mm. We, um, we had, you know, she got to the point where she was bedridden and we had to hand feed her. Um, of course, cleaner. We were getting up in the middle of the night with her and we were not 20 and 30 something. It was like having a baby in the house, really. Yeah. And we were not 20 and 30 something parents. We were in their 60s. So it was very, very hard. And anybody who's who's been a caregiver, I know, can understand that we were exhausted. Well, my book was due to come out in June and I could do nothing. I mean, I could do absolutely nothing. And, you know, as an author, that the launch date is a big deal for mm -hmm. an author. So I had had done some preliminary work before that, that all came about and had a launch team and a launch director. And they were so sweet. The launch director said, you stand down. She said, we've got this. Mm -hmm. And so they took it. And I just say that God, God took them and used them and took the book to number one top new release on mm -hmm. Amazon when That's it launched. Wonderful. That's what God does when we can't. Yes. So, um, yeah, that's that's my story in in a nutshell right there. I love it. It's so inspirational. It says a lot about trusting in the Lord, letting go of something that you hold so dear to your heart, but you have to let it go. And it also says a lot about letting other people help you because sometimes we women, we Christian women tend to say, no, 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 I don't need any help. I got this, you know, <laughs> we think we can do it all. Don't we? Hey, you had to humble yourself and trust in the Lord and he blessed you. That's amazing. Yeah. Now, did she, is she still with us or? She's not. She, okay. it, a year ago yesterday, she passed away. A year so. ago yesterday. Oh, bless her heart. Yes, but she, I'm telling you what, she was an amazing person. I, she, till the end, she was telling people about Jesus. She, she would witness to the hospice chaplain when he came in and talked to her. She, she was amazing. She oh, really, mm -hmm. that's a blessing when the Lord blessed you for devoting all that time to her in her last few years. So bless you for that. Well, a devotion, devotions of hope in the midst of illness. And that is definitely a topic that strikes all of us, especially after COVID, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I work in grief share and I know I've spoken to so many people since 2021 who lost loved ones during that time, couldn't see them because of the restrictions and it just hurts. So do you feel that maybe when this book released, the Lord really drew it to the people out there who needed it most? Oh, I'm sure he did. I'm sure he did. Because like you say, it was, it was a time where health was, was top on everybody's mind. Yes. Um, but even, even once COVID is a, is a distant memory and one day it will be, we'll still face illness. We'll still face cancer or, or you know, chronic illness. Um, all kinds of things. So we'll still need that hope. That hope in the midst of illness. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
So maybe tell us a little bit about your time writing for Chicken Soup. How does that come about? And do you have upcoming stories for books? For oh, Well, I, I've not really submitted much to Chicken Soup for the Soul lately. I've been busy kind of editing and working on, on other things. Um, but yes, it, it's, a, uh, it's a really great market for beginning writers or experienced writers, either one. Um, I, I'd like to quote, when we do our workshops, I like to quote a um, film producer who said that, I've come to see that story is far more than entertainment. It is the most effective form of human communication, mm-hmm. more powerful than any other way of packaging information. And to me, that is what Chicken Soup for the Soul's foundation is. They are all about story. And so, you know, we all have stories. We all, every day we can, we can find a story if we're just looking. And they don't want any big, you know, huge event. It's just the everyday stories that they're looking for. So it's a wonderful market. If anybody's interested, it's just a 1500 word or less mm-hmm. story. Uh, and it's, it's from your viewpoint. It's got to be a first person story. So it's, um, it's, it's just, like I say, it's a great market. Um, it is. And I was blessed to have two stories in a book called running for good. They were running stories. And yeah. I find that, you know, they helped me with editing it too. They gave me suggestions, how to make it more visual and things. So they don't just throw you out there on your own. Once you're selected, they help you to make it a better story, more polished. So, and I actually had a story in that book too. So we're, we're authors. <laughs> Yay, that's awesome. That was a fun experience. And I do want to submit more stories to them. Right. So tell me about these workshops that you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Well, we do. Um, I have a, a writing partner who does um, workshops with me. Um, we do four and a half hour workshops in person workshops. Um, I, I have actually one scheduled in uh, March at the Mid-South Christian Writers Conference. Um, I'm going to be doing that one by myself. They want to just like a three hour workshop for that. But I also present one hour kind of a, a condensed workshop at conferences. Um, and I have an online course uh, with Serious Writer called How to Write for Chicken Soup for the Soul that kind of covers the basics and gives people ideas on, on how to write a story for chicken soup. So we have kind of all different levels and it's a lot of fun. We do travel from the Memphis area um, about five hours. About five hours is about the farthest that we can go. But if anybody's interested, we partner with, we call them a coordinator who will coordinate, uh, find us a place to have it and coordinate with us on getting word out and that sort of thing. But it's a lot of fun. We, um, we had one last, or it was last year, a couple of years ago. And one lady said, you know, she said, I didn't see how you were going to fill four and a half hours. She said, but I haven't looked at my watch once. She said, this has been so much fun. <laughs> That's great. So, yeah. But we do hands-on projects with it and they leave with the, the beginnings of a story for Chicken mm-hmm. Soup for the Soul. Wonderful. That is great. So imagine if you will, you have a new writer there who's walked into your workshop and wants to do something like a devotional or a prayer journal, you know, some nonfiction. What advice would you have for a new writer to this genre who maybe doesn't even know where to begin? Well, I think that the two things that can propel your career faster than anything is to join a critique group and to go to a conference. 
I think that you can learn so much from both of those. Conferences, you can find all kinds of workshops on different aspects that, you know, that will help you learn how to write in whatever genre, like you say, you've, you've um, chosen. And then critique partners can help you polish your work. Tell you what, I, I, did, I thought I just wanted to join a critique group with nonfiction writers because that's what I wrote. But I ended up in one with both fiction and nonfiction. I've learned so much from the fiction writers because we need to use fiction techniques in our nonfiction. That's true. To bring it to life. So That's true. You're telling a story. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So I think those are the two things that you can do um, to really kind of, I don't think I would have been published if I had, I, I, I doubt, I don't, may have never been published if I hadn't uh, gone to that conference, but I know I wouldn't have been published that quickly. So I think those are both things that they can do. Wonderful. And it is conference season. There's a few conferences coming up. So listeners, if you want to heed Tracy's advice, I read, I recommend registering for a conference this fall and even next spring. And I, I agree wholeheartedly. You network, you meet other authors, you hear their stories, you leave encouraged and with a working outline, you know, maybe even we're able to bump into a few editors or agents, you know, <laughs> but I find that going to conferences and their workshops there, it really does help. Now with critique groups, I'm in one too, and we're putting together stories for a novella. And sometimes you get your story back with some comments in it and some suggestions. And it can be kind of, I don't know, wake up call. It can be kind of disturbing for a new writer out there. What's your advice for when they do get some feedback that maybe kind of hurts a little bit, stings a little bit? Well, I always tell people you have to, you have to develop a thick skin um, because, and keep in mind, they are critiquing your work, not you as the writer. Uh, hopefully if you, if you've got some good critique. Yeah. <laughs> it could be anyway. Um, but I always, I think stop and pray about it. You know, I think you need to pray before you critique someone else's work and pray before you open a critique and look at it as, as uh, objectively as you possibly can. And it's, it's good if you get kind of overwhelmed to just stop and wait a day or two and go back and look at it again and see if, and keep in mind, you don't have to take every suggestion either. Um, I've had people say, the exact opposite. Two different critique group, uh, partners say the exact opposite on something. So not everyone is going to agree on what the best way to write something. You're, you're still the writer and it's still in your control. But if especially more than one person makes a suggestion or says, you know, this, this section is not clear to me, I didn't understand this, then take a second look at it because then you're, because your readers are probably not going to understand it either. <clears throat> but I think it's, you know, I just still think that it is one of the best ways that you can improve your writing. Mm, I agree. Tracy Crump, thank you so much for coming on a Writer's Day podcast today to talk to us about your beautiful book, Health, Healing, and Wholeness, Hope in the Midst of Illness. Beautiful devotional book that you can find on Amazon right now. And for more information about Tracy, be sure you go to her website. I'll put the link in my podcast episode description so you can check out her workshops and upcoming books and everything else. So thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to talk with us today. Thank you so much for having me, Ruth. I enjoyed it. 
Wow, wasn't that wonderful listening to Tracy talk about her life story, how she became a writer, and her book, Health, Healing, and Wholeness? I was inspired, especially how you can see God's hand over her entire writing journey. And I hope you've been encouraged as well. Encouraged to keep going, learning the craft, learning more about yourself, going deeper in your stories or even your nonfiction work. But most importantly, I hope you've been encouraged to pass through those obstacles and to keep writing, no matter what. One step at a time, always going forward on this writing journey. Thank you for joining me today. And if you like what you heard, please subscribe to my podcast and drop me a line. Let me know what you think. I'd love to hear from you. So until next time, God bless.